Hello everybody, welcome to the Husker CuzCast with Justin, Derek, and Tyler. We're recording this episode on Tuesday, November 22nd. We're on a short week here with Thanksgiving on the horizon, so, in celebration of Thanksgiving and our final regular season game, we're going to give away a little prize at the end of the show, so uh, be sure to stay tuned to find out how you can win. Now, I absolutely love Thanksgiving, guys. It's got to be my favorite holiday by far. It's a long weekend of friends, family, great food, and lots of football. And of course, no presents. You can't beat that. Uh, Unfortunately, it's also a sign that the college football season is coming to a close, but there are so many other things to be thankful for. Tyler, what are you thankful for? Well, for starters, having finally a good season. The last couple years have been quite rough for Husker Nation, so uh, to be back on top and uh, be... uh, Back in the position we are is pretty pretty thankful. Very nice. Derek, what do you got? Well, outside of the Cubs winning the World Series, I'm actually mostly thankful that I'm not a Maryland fan. I don't have to look at those ugly-ass films <laughs> every week. <laughs> come on, who watches Maryland football? I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, but God, them things are game. ugly. Hey, I'm, I'm going to lean more in uh, Tyler's favor. Uh here, you know, well, I, I actually, I agree with you too, Derek, you know, Maryland sucks, but, uh, I think we've been blessed this year overall as Husker fans, you know, last year we went five and seven to finish the regular season. And this weekend we have the chance to double that win total from last year. I'm guessing if that happens, it's probably going to surpass the expectations of about what 80% of the fans, uh, from the prior to the year, I guess. I don't know. Is that crazy? Maybe. Uh, yeah, but you know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, and the cool thing about this year is we've hit nine wins, a former benchmark for the Bo Pelini era. No one's making a big deal about that. The expectations are higher, and I, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's great, especially coming off of a five and seven regular season. This is it was terrible last year, but we got to move on here. Uh, this past weekend, our beloved Cornhuskers. Uh, they went out on a positive note on senior day against Maryland with those shitty uniforms that they had. And uh, there's plenty of good takeaways from the game, but uh, we have to acknowledge on senior day the superb job of seniors Spencer Lindsay and Riker Fife, one of which was not expecting to have a big role in the game. Drew Brown goes out, enter Spencer Lindsay. And outside of a little blocked field goal, which was not his fault, you know, they, they played excellent. Tyler, what do you think of the game? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have not been a huge Riker Fife uh, fan for most of the year. Uh, you know, and, and, and I will give credit where credit is due. I mean, he went in there and did a good job managing the game. Um, I, I'm not all over him like a lot of the other fans out there. I thought, I mean, he did an admiral's job and he got it to win. The real story of the game to me was the black shirt. I mean, that was as dominant of a victory defensively as I've seen in a while. Uh, we allowed 11 yards rushing and only gave up 207 yards total offense. They went in there. They played with a level of intensity that I hadn't seen from them all year. You take away one 80-yard screen. I mean, that, that was as brilliant of a game as our defense has played all year. Well, well not, not to interrupt you, even though I am. It was actually a 92-yard screen, and that was almost that was almost half of their yards. Outside yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. Play, that, de- that defense was stellar. It was. Well, to credit our defense, you know, 
if we would have had a few more people out there, we might have tackled him earlier. This is how good that defense was, though. Maryland didn't get in the red zone one time in that game. Yeah. And they only had nine first downs the whole game. That is good. And, and we were dominant the whole game without causing turnovers. I mean, that's the remarkable thing about that. It was straight-up defense, and we won that battle. Which, which is crazy because Maryland had five fumbles in that game. And we didn't pick one of them up. Yeah. Now three of them were on drop snaps, but so well, be it. You, you know, I want to talk about Riker Fife. He uh, had a quarterback rating of ninety four point nine during this game, and that's the highest quarterback rating by a Cornhusker this year. That says something right there. You know, as much as we want to pick on Riker Fife because of you know Purdue last year and Ohio State this year, he came out and none of us were big fans of his headed into the game, but he got it done and he looked good doing it. I, w- I was really impressed. Uh, that quarterback situation is going to get a little bit more dicey here coming up here against Iowa. Uh, which quarterback is going to play? Do you guys want to play? I don't know. Uh, what, what do you guys think of the quarterback situation and who gives us the best opportunity to win? Tyler. Yeah, I mean, that that's a tough one. Um, you know, reports out of practice today, uh, it sounds like Tommy and Zach Darlington alternated snaps first team. Um, you know, Riker, he's in pain. And, you know, going against Iowa, the one thing that we can't do is have bad turnovers, like a fumbled snap. I don't know how you play with a broken wrist, even if it's not in your throwing hand. So I, I, I think it's going to be... You know, I look back at the 94 Orange Bowl, you know, when Tommy Frazier started the game and, uh, oh, God, uh, Berenger came in in relief. And I kind of almost see a game like that. Not obviously Tommy Armstrong and Darlington aren't that caliber, but I almost see a game like that. I think Armstrong is going to get the start and Darlington could come in in some relief and make us the plays and keep us in this game. Yeah, you know, with with Riker, with Riker with that little cast on his non-throwing hand, can he even take a snap from under center? Is that possible? Can you do that? That's well, I don't don't know, but I I I I would be scared of him trying to catch a ball with a broken wrist in the shotgun too. That might be safer than taking a snap under center. I don't know, coaches. I I don't know. I, I don't see Fife getting a lot of playing time with a broken wrist. I really don't. I, I think that's what I would root for at this point, especially if he could play anything like he did last week. But I don't think it's going to happen. He well, went three for 17 in the second half. Let's let's get off the guy's nuts a little bit here. <laughs> three for 17 there. I mean, he, he caught him off guard with some awesome play calling in the first half, but Let's not make him out to be John Elway out there. I mean, I don't think he threw the ball over 20 yards deep. I mean, good game. Kudos to him. But well, three for 17. All right. all right. Well, let's also not forget that last time Tommy Armstrong played Iowa, he had four interceptions in that game. Yeah, I'm it, trying to forget that. It's a so, different so, so I don't have a lot of confidence in him either. I, I don't know about that. I mean, the first part of the season, he was really good. But since since we started conference play... He hasn't been that good. He hasn't been any better than he was last year, really. The game's gone our way better, but I don't know that he's played any better. I thought it was pretty good against Minnesota. He definitely showed up uh, well, Minnesota. Okay. 
And, uh, you know, what scares me about Tommy is, uh, with that hamstring, you know, uh, him being uh, hobbled and uh, that's going to impact his escapability because that's what makes Tommy Armstrong great. His ability just to get away from the rush and all the things he can do with his legs. It's not his throwing. He's not going to impress anybody with his throwing mostly. Uh, it's, it's all about that. It's all about those legs and uh, Zach Darlington. Everybody loves Zach Darlington. You know, he looked great in the spring game, you know, 19 years ago. But the guy's rusty. You know, all that rustiness, I don't know. The coaches they have, they're going to get, they're going to earn their paycheck just trying to make a decision on who to put out there. And isn't it funny, guys, about Iowa? All year long, we've been picking on Iowa, just saying Iowa's terrible and this and that, and they're just no good. And here we are, Iowa week. And now we're like, oh, crap. Now Iowa, they can pick on us because we don't have a quarterback. That scares me. Well, you talk about Zach Darlington. You know what Zach Darlington reminds me of? It reminds me of the situation against Kansas State in, what was it, 94 or 95? No, it was the 94. Terman. When we had to put Matt Terman in. The old Terminator. Herb. And the guy, the guy was so bad that a guy with a collapsed lung had to come in and finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't you know, bode well. That, and, you know, I mean, the coaches this week, I mean, they're talking about everything. And, you know, the, the interesting thing that, you know, I've heard is, is put, possibly put, uh, putting DPE or Lamar Jackson in a wildcat and trying that some. I mean, the coaches, I, the, I would love to be a fly on the wall in the coaching union right now trying to figure out how to game plan for this game this week. You, you know, Baylor what? did the same thing last year after Seth Russell went out and their backup quarterback, and then they were playing that wide receiver, and he got hurt, and they had to go to this fourth-string guy that – I don't know what position he played. But that's exactly what they had to do. They just ran the Wildcat, and they did okay with it. They were competitive with it. Unfortunately, they had a hell of a lot better run game than us. And uh, this mediocre run game that we have going – it's not going to get the job done against Iowa because Iowa's defense is too damn good. They play sound defense, assignment football. You know, we I, I disagree, ourselves. Justin. Really? I disagree 100%. They're 50th against the run this year. That's pretty damn average. I mean, they've been good these last two weeks. I mean, they allowed 200 yards against Michigan, 200 yards against Illinois. They've been good lately, but this is not your traditional Iowa defense. They're very average on defense this year overall but they're they're trending they're trending you know i i love the trends and they are getting it done they're they're finally playing iowa football they were sketchy for the first half of the season but they're getting back into it god i need another bourbon (laughs) so 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 let so so let me ask you this do you know what asset or what facet of the game that i was just so much better than nebraska at uh, there's, there's not much. Yeah, special teams. Yeah, Holy <laughs> cow. They are way better at special teams than we are. And this could be the factor of the game right here. It, it really could. They got a good return team. They're 14th in the nation in punt returns and 11th in the nation in kickoff returns. I, I don't know. Special teams scares me in this game big time. Well, and, and not only that, Derek, I mean, 
look what we're missing. I mean, the injury, all the talk this week has been about quarterback, but the guy who could make the biggest difference this week could be Drew Brown. Um, True. I mean, he has concussion protocol, and I don't know if you can get cleared before Friday's game. I mean, that's a quick turnaround, and, you know, when it's going to be a low-scoring game, as I suspect, I mean, it, well, it could come down to kicking. If there's one position that I would think you could clear the concussion protocol easy would be kicker. <laughs> These guys aren't supposed to be taking contact anyway. I mean, put them out there. He just got a little, he was a little loopy, whatever. They don't even kicker. really need a helmet, you know? I mean, exactly. <laughs> just don't let him tackle anybody. Cause that's when he gets concussions. Apparently. So Derek, do you, do you have, uh, no faith in Spencer Lindsay? You know, his kickoffs didn't look very good. As far as field goals, it makes me kind of wonder if the coaches didn't really. I, I don't think it was so much on him as much as the special teams overall. But when we went for two out of three fourth down conversions, that tells me something that they didn't want to kick the ball. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Of course, of course, you had a field goal block. So, look, our special teams is just horrid. I, and it's now getting into the kicking game. It was just punt. It was just the punt team, but now it's getting into the kicking game, and that makes me nervous. I would love to go one episode of the Cuzcast and not have to bitch about the special teams. <laughs> Unfortunately, Bruce Reed does not give us that opportunity. I mean, he just allows us. He's like, okay, well, here's some material to talk about. <laughs> It's really well, depressing. when you're make, when you're making four hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, people are going to tend to talk about you, Absolutely. especially when you're doing this piss poor of a job. Well, if we're talking about special teams next week being an impact, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say things did not go Nebraska's way during this game. I, I think I think there's uh, the margins are too tight in every aspect. You know, you said that they're. Uh, I was better than us in special teams, but you know what? Any edge that we have over Iowa, it's marginal anyway. Offensively, defensively, rushing pass—it's all. We're basically the same team. I, I don't think you can go offense. Offensively, we're quite a bit better than they are. They're 121st in the nation in overall defense or overall offense. They're one of the worst offenses in the country. I mean, we're we're only 73rd, which isn't. Like the hot spot by any means, but their their offense is bad. Yeah, but if you if you get rid of the, like the first first half of the season, play the second half of the season, it, it we're the same team. Well, if you no go team that is route, good. If you if you're gonna go that route, our defense ranks 21st in the nation. If you take out Ohio State and Oregon, where are we ranking then? Well, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's fair to do that with Iowa if you're not going to do it with Nebraska. I think you can do it with both teams. I mean, I just think. I, I think defense probably leads us this game. I, that's why I'm not so concerned about who quarterback is. I, I think it's going to come down to defense in this game. There's not going to be a lot of points scored in this game. No, no. And that's going to bode so, well for us. Uh, the so, fewer so let points, me the ask better. You, let me ask you this. So, I read a stat today that. Nebraska has now gone two games in a row without a turnover for the first time since 2003. Yes, 2003. Really? And uh, Yes. 
So can Nebraska make it three games in a row without a turnover? This is going to probably be one of the probably one of the bigger deciding factors in a game than anything is can we still not turn the ball over? Because it killed us last year. Yeah. Yeah, Derek, I completely agree. I mean, that I think that is the key of the game, and 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 I don't know if we're going to make it three games in a row, but I think the the key of the game is we cannot learn lose the turnover differential. So if we're going to have to. You know, if we're going to give a ball up once or twice, our defense has got to take it back. And you said so just a minute ago. This game is all on the defense. All on the defense. Well, uh, guys, we get, we have to move on right here. Uh, maybe we can we'll, we'll give our score predictions for the Iowa game here in a bit. But let's get into the score per our score contest or pick contest here uh, for week thirteen. Uh, we're just going to do three games here. Uh, we got. We're going to keep it in the Big Ten. Michigan State at Penn State. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that I think Penn State has everything to win, and Michigan State has nothing to win. I mean, their their season's over. Barkley is probably the best running back in the Big Ten. He needs the conference in rushing and has fourteen TDs. Penn State wins, and it's not even that close. Derek. You know, Michigan State really gave Ohio State all they could handle last week. And if it wasn't for a two-point conversion, which I completely disagreed with, maybe maybe, still, maybe they actually could come out and win that game in overtime, but whatever. Point is, Michigan State, since they have played, Ohio State is averaging 47 points per game. I don't think Michigan State's going to slow them down. They seem to be just on the right track. I think Penn State wins. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you, uh, Derek. You know, I'm I'm really starting to question Mark D'Antonio's decision-making this year. You know, he's channeling his inner Mark Helfrich by going for two when he doesn't need to. You know, you mentioned it against Ohio State. But don't forget, earlier this year, he did the exact same thing against Michigan. I was talking on the phone with you during that time. Uh, so give me Penn State all the way. So, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, shocker. All right, we got Minnesota at Wisconsin. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, this this is a game that obviously Husker Nation is going to be watching. Uh, I unfortunately think we're going to be disappointed. Wisconsin has won 10 in a row against Minnesota. I think it's going to be a closer game. I don't think uh, Wisconsin will cover that 14 points because their offense isn't explosive enough, but they, unfortunately, for Husker Nation, win this game. Derek? Uh, you know, here, here's my thing. Minnesota's more of a running team. Minnesota only got 85 yards against Nebraska, and Wisconsin's defense is better at stopping the run than Nebraska. They're only giving up 98.3 yards a game. Minnesota's going to have to re- resort to – Throwing the ball and it's not going to work out well for him. Well, I'm picking Wisconsin here only because all my picks seem to suck anyway. And they end up being wrong. And we need them to lose. So go Badgers, go. (laughs) Uh, We got Michigan at Ohio State. Top Top three matchup here. Tyler. Uh, this could be a classic. Um, I mean, both these teams are among the best in college football, and they've showed it this year. Um, you know, Ohio State has struggled a little bit against the run this year. They've given up over five yards of carry against Northwestern, uh, Wisconsin, and Penn State. I mean, they, they've given up some yards. They got shredded last week by Michigan State. Uh, L.J. Smith over there ran for 160 yards. 
Um, they've given up some weaknesses. But at home, uh, the way uh, O'Corn played last week against Indiana, I just don't think Michigan has enough to beat Ohio State at home. Uh, go Buckeyes. Derek. It's at home. Ohio State, just – I don't think they lose at home. Not to, not to Michigan. Especially when you don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. Yeah. If O'Corn starts, they're de- Michigan definitely loses this game. But <laughs> – if space starts, it'll be a close game. I think Ohio State with home home field advantage still comes out winning. It almost seems fitting that this game here should be the Big Ten championship game, right? Both are, you know, two and three. But I don't think either of these teams are going to sniff Indy. Ohio State wins, sending Penn State to the, as the East representative. And with luck, Penn State and Nebraska face off in the Big Ten championship game all right wishful thinking well hold on uh, didn't you just pick wisconsin to win yeah only because i suck <laughs> at picking and that means minnesota's going to win pay attention pay attention <laughs> okay all right we got to get our score predictions real quick uh tyler what do you have for the nebraska iowa game you know we, we've talked about this i mean this is a game meant for the black shirts uh the last two weeks, we have not given up over 100 yards rushing. Iowa has started 12 different offensive linemen this year, and we've only given up three touchdowns in regulation twice this year to Ohio State and Oregon. Our black shirts have played well this year, and that Ohio State skews a lot of stats. Nebraska wins 14-13. to 13. Wow. Derek. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not too far off from you there, Tyler. Oh, I I got I have a little bit more comfortable for Nebraska winning, but I, I only have it seventeen to fourteen. I don't think there's a lot of points scored in this game. It's gonna be a big defensive battle. It's gonna be one of those boring Big Ten games that nobody likes to watch. Oh yeah. I see it the same way. Except I got Nebraska scoring a whopping nineteen points. I got Nebraska winning nineteen to seventeen. I'm so proud of my cousins picking Nebraska and all of this. Uh it's gonna be a great weekend. So uh, that's going to wrap it up from us tonight. But first, we got to give away a little prize. To win, all you have to do is post your score prediction for the Nebraska-Iowa game on our Facebook page or Twitter page. The closest to the score will receive a Husker Cuzcast koozie. They look great and they work great, although I'm not sure I've ever had a beer go warm, even without a koozie. Uh, on behalf of that's Derek not what Tyler, beer drinkers don't do that. <laughs> on behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to, we want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving and be safe in your travels. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next Wednesday for Championship Week. And as always, go Big Red.